but it has been a tough journey. The past eight years have really been a mess, literally. If I can describe my life um, post the divorce, my life has been a mess. Hey guys, it's your girl Dinolan Dashi Jameson and you are listening to the Conversations with Purposed Women. This podcast is all about empowering women to thrive in their work with Jesus, motivation and accountability. We talk all things from celibacy, singleness, marriage, finances and purpose. I'm here to make sure that you are inspired, equipped and empowered to pursue God's mission. I invite you on this journey with me. Let's go after everything we've got together. Hey family, welcome back again. So excited to be back onto our 10th episode. So there's this lovely, beautiful quote that um, has really captured my heart. <laughs> it has been said by a lovely, beautiful, beautiful woman in Christ. And she goes on to say, I'll mention her name. Um, just go, hang on, hang on there and just flow with me. Um, it goes on to say, it's amazing how things align when we align ourselves with the will and purpose of God for our lives. Wow. And she said that so beautifully, and that is her emphasis um, as she continues to journey through life. And her name is Numbulelo Segai. So I want to just introduce her onto this platform, and I want to just um, introduce you guys to who she is. (laughs) Numbulelo is a daughter. She's a sister and a mother to three beautiful blessings, Ona, Obi, and Omo, aged 14, 13, and 6, respectfully. She's a woman who is passionate about other women because of her love for wanting to empower and cause change in their lives. Wow. She's the founder of a ministry established as a NPO in 2016 called Daughters of Zion, which later changed to a tribe Zion, founded on Zechariah chapter 8, verse 3. She also holds a diploma in health and skin care therapy through Camelot, an an internationally commonly known as somatology. She has worked in the beauty industry for 14 years as a beauty consultant and a makeup artist for brands like Bonds Institute, MAC, and Bobbi Brown Cosmetics. She is now a full-time entrepreneur in the fashion and style industry, mainly focused on vintage pieces. Wow. Nampulela, welcome into studio with me. What a beautiful bio of who you are. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. It's, it's such a lovely experience. It's such an honor to be here. Wow. I'm so excited. I'm Thank so you. excited. Wow. No, thank you for the opportunity, you know, just, you know, just having encountered who you are on a greater scale, you know, that's so beautiful. You've really, really, really been marked for such a time as this. And I'm really so inspired by your journey. And in the midst of being a mother, you know, how you keep on transitioning, you know, and how you keep on pioneering. Imagine being an entrepreneur in the fashion industry from being a beauty consultant. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow, it, it it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, it, it hasn't been an easy journey to get to this point. It, it has been ups and downs, a lot of self-discoveries, a lot of mistakes. Uh, but as we continue um, with our chat, with our conversation, we'll get to, to delve more into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and by the way, I forgot to mention, she's based in South Africa, Bloemfontein. <laughs> so, um, Nombu, I've been, I've been really, I've been following you, and I've been really so, wow. I'm, I'm so inspired, and I, I've, been, I've been seeing this project that you just started recently. Um, I love your idea of, of, of it, you know, um, and I've seen that you have this, you have established this new idea of blessing women who can't afford toiletries into a handbag. You, you buy toiletries and you put them into a handbag and you give it away. Can you tell me, how did you come about that idea? <laughs> well, well, it's, this is how the story or rather this is how the idea started. Um. Mm-hmm. I got married. I got married years ago. I think eighteen, nineteen years ago, 
And as wow. a young wife, yeah, as, as a young, well, I'm no longer married at the moment. Uh, but back then, as a young wife, when I got married, and I remember my ex-husband and I uh, moved into a, a certain suburb in Bloemfontein in South Africa. So when we moved into that suburb, in the neighborhood where we stayed, every time I would drive around, um, at that time I was still in college, and every time I would dr- drive around, go to town, go to college, just in the neighborhood, I would observe and see a lot of ladies um, standing on the corners of the streets. Now, having been a child who grew up in the township, I, I had never been exposed to such until I later on realized that these women are actually prostitutes, which I don't like labeling or calling them that. And every time I would drive and pass them, mm. something in my spirit would would just kick and I would be touched you know and I would ask myself so many questions why are they here you know but I would I would also be compelled and feel empathetic towards them to can say but they don't really have to be here they don't have to stand here and that has happened for 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 quite a couple of years until I moved from that neighborhood and until fast forwarding to later on in life I got divorced and that a feeling that I had towards those ladies somehow just vanished, you know, and through the experiences of life, I forgot about it. Now, fast forwarding to 2022, um, I, I was staying in Joburg for the past three years, and I recently just got back to Bloemfontein like a month ago. So I recently moved back home um, due to some unfor- unforeseen circumstances. Now, before I left, Bloemfontein to go to Joburg. In our church, the church that I'm based and planted in, I was involved in prison ministry. So my pastor has been um, doing prison ministry for the past, I think, 20 years since the ministry was established. So every Friday he goes there mm. and ministers to, to the inmates inside the, the Mangawung, which is Bloemfontein Maximum Prison. And later on in the years, I joined that ministry. And fast forwarding to now, 2022, in how about this idea came is, as the two weeks that I have been there, as I was driving from the prison to and from the prison, so the main road that goes to the prison, there's a lot of these women that stand there. Now, as I was driving to and from the prison, the Lord laid that same feeling in my heart and that is more than 15 years later that same feeling came back as I was passing those ladies to and fro and coming back and in in all honesty this this was also um, influenced by a message that my pastor preached um, a, a few weeks ago about the daughter's of Zelophehad, who, who, who the story is found in, in the book of Numbers. He was just encouraging the women mm. in the church of how powerful we are as women when we stand together and how powerful we are as women in the kingdom when we claim our inheritance because as women in the kingdom, we are equally given the inheritance the same way as men are. And that message just encouraged and challenged me so much. And one of the things that he he said was in the times and in the in the era the generation of our time only thinks of themselves only live for themselves and he posed a question to the women in the church saying what will you be remembered for when you die because you're busy going up and down living for yourself, not thinking about anyone, not even affected by the ill things that are happening in our communities and in our society. And that really provoked something in me. And the Lord and the Holy Spirit immediately laid in my heart and reminded me of those women that I drive past when I come back and go to to the prison. And I, 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 I started feeling empathetic towards them again. That feeling was resurrected in me. And I figured they need love. They are there on the streets, not Mm. because they want to be there. There's different circumstances and experiences 
in their lives that have pushed them to be to at that point. And I also figure that they are there because they have lost hope. They are there because they are rejected. Some of them are there because they are written off. And these are things that I can relate with because I've also been in a position where I was written off because of different experiences or certain experiences that I encountered in my life. Now, the idea came about what is it that I can do to minister to these women and tell them that there is hope. It does not matter where they find themselves in. It does not matter what led them to being there and standing on the streets. You know, I wanted to minister love to Mm. them. I wanted to encourage them that their dignity can be restored no matter what. Now, on the 1st of September, it was my birthday. And I decided I don't want to receive any gifts. And anyone who knows me knows how much my birthday is is a big deal. Every single year, I never, <laughs> I, 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 I really never take it for granted because I realize that it, it, it's a blessing added, you know. Many people don't make it to see another year. So the more I see another year, I make, mm. I make a big deal out of it but this year I I, I thought of it yeah. and I decided um, that I want to to celebrate it differently I want to make a difference and I thought as well that I I, I, I remember the message that the pastor preached and I said what will Nombulelo be remembered of should I die tomorrow should I die in October God forbid because my time is not has not come yet but I asked myself those questions that what will people remember me of you know I don't want to be remembered like you Mm. were saying when you introduced me I don't just want to be remembered as as Nombulelo who who sold fashion who was fashionable who was in the beauty industry but I also want to be remembered as Nombulelo who has who who made a difference in someone's life you know yeah and and I came about this idea that toiletries are very a sacred thing, a personal thing to a woman because they bring yeah, about it's a beauty. It's a necessity and they bring about beauty because as you refresh yourself, as you clean up yourself, there is that sense of, of, of you being whole as a woman. So I figured that this is how I want to minister to these women. And I said to myself, I don't want to receive gifts this year on my birthday and i'm going to dedicate the whole month of september which is my birthday month to ministering to these women and we all know that um um a handbag it's also a very personal accessory to a woman because that's where Mm. you put your personal stuff you know how you take care of it how you handle it it's sensitive and it's sacred and I felt how about I take because I have handbags that I haven't used in in years some of them in three years and five years and they are still in good conditions and I figured let me Mm. just take these handbags buy toiletries and put them in these handbags and uh, on a certain day once I have collected um, a couple of them I can go out in the streets and go to these women and and just shower them with love just give them these handbags and in the process minister the love of Christ to them so in a nutshell that's how this whole idea came about wow Wow, my sis, <laughs> that was an inspiring mouthful. Um, wow, what a what a beautiful and you know one thing about God. One thing that I love about God is He gives you the burden for your purpose. And I remember, even for me, you know, when I started Purpose Woman, I love that that burden is always birthed out of your brokenness and out of mm. the the fact that you know what. You, 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 we can alleviate um, so many cases where women sell their bodies for, you know, toiletries or just for their basic needs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how powerful it is, back to what your pastor said, what will you be remembered for? What legacy yes. are you establishing to, and, that, and what you are building on that can actually, even when you're not here tomorrow, it can mm-hmm. speak to the next generation, mm-hmm right and yeah. and that for me is so beautiful how god ministered 
you said 15 years later god ministered that to you again, again. you know it's like god had to realign you back to bloom yes, yes. And, and and he he had to he had to bring that burden back you know and sometimes life happens you know life happens where you just feel like you know what god i'm doing my own thing right now and once that realignment comes just like in what i how i introduced you with your quote you know yeah once, once we realign ourselves with his will and his purpose the burden for what we are called to do just it just automatically comes back and i should really say that this is a beautiful initiative and um i i really believe that this is not a once-off thing i believe this is long term and i do believe that the lord will continue to just increase you and you know raise up the burden and 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 see it as a greater call in our community in our society Mm -hmm. you know where women can be covered, women can be helped, you know, mm-hmm. to say that, look, let me take the first step and the first initiative to say that I can pull her out of this to know that, you know, yeah. I'm a sister who cares. Mm. Yeah, so true. Wow. So true. We we need to be our sister's keepers because also when you have been through things um, with the different experiences that we go through in our lives, there was someone who was there for me Someone carried me through Mm. the experiences, you know, with different experiences, the shame that I experienced, the the disappointment, the the dignity that was stripped off throughout the journey. There has been sisters with me. So I put myself in their shoes and say they also need someone to be there for them. They don't need me to drive up and down and pass them and say words of judgment because I don't know what put them there you know so i need Mm. to be my sister's keeper and that's why i decided that i am going to be my sister's keeper especially my sister who is rejected and the world looks at her in a different way she needs to know that if god can do it for me god can do it for her as well yeah 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 well um just just as you're talking now number i'm like this process that you went through, you know, I believe God gave you this burden for a reason. And um, I, you, to, you spoke about women that, were, that are written off, rejected, you know, marginalized, mm-hmm. pushed to the mm-hmm. side, obviously judged and condemned for what they're doing. But, you know, I don't think, I don't believe there's any woman who wants to be a prostitute out of their own will. I believe they're mm-hmm. forced into it. And and now that we we, we just on this, you know, you, you mentioned that you are divorced, you know, since eight years ago. And um, I want to ask you, how how has this transitional shift from being married to a divorcee into a sing- single motherhood, how did this transitional shift into your life, you know, how did this affect your mental health? Especially, I would really love to hear, especially from the church community, you know, <laughs> me an emphasis as to how you, how, how, how your mental health was were you judged were you were you comforted you know can you can you take me through that (laughs) okay and and how Um, did how did how did how did how did that in terms of that process with when you decided i'm walking out or i'm making this decision to get out of this you know how did that encourage you on the journey on the journey to like mm -hmm. pioneer forward into your next Mm -hmm. seasons you know the 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 short version of this is that god will never leave us until he is finished with us that's the short version of it um but it has been a tough journey the past 8 years have really been a mess literally if i can describe my life um post the divorce my life has been a mess the past eight years um and this is when i i i I was diagnosed with depression but i realized that Mm. what my divorce made me realize was that there were things before i got married that i got into marriage with but they were only that you didn't deal with that i did not deal with that my marriage only exposed to me. So what my marriage and my divorce did was they they made me to realize, they they, they opened 
certain things about me that I never knew. And they made me confront those things. But here's the, here's the crack of the issue. How I confronted those things was what created the mess that I was in in the past eight years. And coming to your question, or rather answering your question, it's, a, it's also in how the church handled me and my situation at the time that drove me more towards the mess that I found myself in. I experienced rejection. I experienced rejection to the highest grade from the church at the time that I was based in. I experienced judgment in its highest form. And as a result of that, that led me to, to different behaviors and situations in my life, you know, that exaggerated the depression. And that's when I was diagnosed with, with depression in 2012, with major depressive hmm. disorder. But I, like I say, I realized that it has always been there it's just that the, the happenings of my life or the events of my life at that time just brought it all up. So that's when the diagnosis happened. And I started living a life that had no boundaries. I started uh, engaging in self-destructive behaviors. And that's when I started consuming alcohol. Christian as I, as I was, as I am, demon-chasing, tongue-talking, spirit-filled, that experience <laughs> drove me. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you. And that was after I was ordained as a pastor. I think it was. What? A year, yes. It was a year later, two years later or a year later. I can't remember properly. I was just ordained as a pastor when my divorce happened. And it drove me south that's how I always explain it because everything in my life just went down steep literally my life became a mess after that so I was a pastor who was spirit-filled loving Jesus loving God rejected by the church rejected by the people in the church and I felt there's nothing for me here and that's when I like I say that's when I first started drinking alcohol that's when I first started setting my foot in a nightclub at the age of 28. Wow. And I, I, that's when I started becoming rebellious to the highest grade. I rebelled against the church. I rebelled against God. I rebelled against my mother. I rebelled against my children because at that time I, I was so self-destructing myself that I even did not even see that I am slowly moving away from my children as a mother that's why I explained that situation or that time in my life as a complete mess you know and I found solace in the world because that's what happens and that's what the church misses that when people go through a storm when people are going through hell in their lives when people are going through challenges and experience a, a bad experiences or painful experiences that's when we need to draw closer to them not push them away because when we push them away we push them to the world and guess what happens the world receives them and that's what happened with me the world was waiting for me with open arms. I was accepted in the world. I was welcomed in the world. And that made me feel like I belong in the world. And I stayed. I stayed in the world for eight full years. Even at the time when I felt that I'm healed, even when, at the time when I felt that the healing is coming, I'm recovering, I, I, I still felt like I belonged to the world. It took me eight years to can feel and, and feel safe and find my footing and my position back in the church. And during that time, the depression got so bad. Like I say, I was intentionally self-destructing. The, de the depression got so bad that I had two suicide attempts during that time. And both of them landed me in ICU. But I still saw the grace of God until later in life where I realize and the Lord has healed me to a point where I realize and I now know the truth that it was not Jesus who hurt me. 
it was the church that had me but it took years for me to get to that point and this is where i am today and this is why i am fully restored and fully reconciled with god and with jesus christ because i know that it is not jesus who hurt me it's just the people in the church who are just as human as i am you know so yeah mm. that's how that's how i navigated through that phase of my life Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, I love I love how you were so how you instinctively said, you know, it's not just the church that rejected me, but it's the people in the church who rejected yes. me. Yes. And isn't it amazing how again God as as God has been as you've been transitioning and God has been healing you, it's again in the church you also being comforted and being pioneered into your purpose. Yes. Yes, because wow. that's the wow. thing, like I say, um, when the church hurts you, when the church rejects you, you must also, uh, this is the knowledge and the conviction that I now have that we as the church people, we represent Jesus Christ. And that is why often when people are hurt by the church, they would automatically translate it or think ignorantly so that it is Jesus who had them. And hence, we rebel against God and we rebel against Jesus because that's also a lie that the enemy plants in our minds that Jesus hurt us or God is hurting us. But on the contrary, that's not how it's happening. It's just human beings who are flawless, just like I am. It just happens that my flaws and my mistakes are out there, but they are still in the church. They still have their flaws. They are human just as human as I am, tomorrow it can be one of them. And that's the lesson that I took out of it, that when it's one of them, what is it that I'm going to do? Am I also going to apply the same method that, I, that they applied to me? Or am I going to portray Christ and show them that this is how Jesus would deal with it? Jesus would not push you away, but Jesus would draw you closer. So that's the lesson that I got out of that whole experience. Wow. You know, um, as you're just talking, I'm reminded of, of, of in scripture where um, the woman who was caught in adultery, you know, mm -hmm. how they wanted to stone her. And Jesus said, he that is without sin should cast the first stone, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and we all have been through a terrible past. Some were probably brought up in Christians' homes and do not have a terrible past like we do. <laughs> yeah. Because I've also, <laughs> I've also had a a terrible rebellious past, you know, and, and I, I, I can relate with church hurt. You yeah. know, I, I, I remember at some point I told God, I'm never ever setting my foot in a church again. Never, mm. never. Yeah. I'm serving yeah. in my house, in my room. And I, I thank God for the Holy spirit. And I thank God for raising up people who, when, when you speak, who can discern when you speak through pain, and not yes. through the soundness of your mind and your emotions, you know. Yes. And I thank God for people who do who who would not hear, who hear me from my pain, and who do not yeah. who and who see my heart. They know my heart, but they hear me speak from my pain, and they keep me accountable to say, I'm, "I do not take that as your mm. as your destination." Yes. I would take that you you are in pain, you are wounded, you know, but. We, we're going to keep you accountable and love you through all of this and to see you restored and see you back in the body of Christ again, you know. Yes. And, and I thank God that he, he really, when the enemy comes in to kill, steal, to destroy, to shut down, to kill, you know, mm. I thank God for raising up intercessors to stand on the walls of our lives, you know, yeah. leaders, mentors, yeah. people who see beyond what we see in, what, in yeah. how we feel, who can see the greater the greater gift and the greater calling on your life mm -hmm. and hearing just even two suicide attempts and being in ICU, girl, you've got a calling. <laughs> the enemy tried to take you out. You've got a massive calling and I commend you for just who you are. I commend you for really persevering and for really just saying as it is. You've been called, girl. You've been called and the enemy, the enemy tried to take you out but the fact that you, the fact that the Lord woke you you and the fact that you're on this podcast i'm just getting goosebumps right now you know god is wow look at the faithfulness of god god look is at the god. power of god revealed. <laughs> 
God is God. That that's that much I can tell you. Like like you were saying, the enemy has tried to take me out countless times, countless times. And let me tell you something. He he does not give up. He does not give up. But he remains mm-hmm. defeated through every single experience. That is why I have reached a point in my life. And and like you say. That is why I speak of of my story so boldly, so authentically, because when I look back with those two suicide attempts that that I ended up in ICU and many other experiences that that I've been through, there's been gender-based violence in my life, but that was post my marriage in another relationship that I got into. And I could have died because literally there were death threats in that in that involvement in that relationship that's another form where where the enemy has tried to take me out like i say he has failed countless times with me but god remains god and he finds a way of pulling me out of it all the time and that is why i unashamedly speak of my story because when i look back the only thing i see is god's grace and that's why I continually mm-hmm. say that my life is a story of grace, nothing else. My life is a story of God's grace, loudly so, loudly so. God is speaking through my life and just showing off his grace. That's, that's my story. And how I describe it, I describe my life as a canvas of God's grace because God just keeps throwing and painting every, with every single experience. He just throws an, a brush and paints his grace, you know. And it's, it's, it's coming up to be such a beautiful story when I see where the grace of God has taken me from and where the grace of God has put me on this current moment. It's nothing wow. but grace, nothing but grace, nothing but God's grace. Wow. And, you know, so many women do not make it out alive, girl. Yes. The fact that God really gave you grace, it was yes. like, I'm giving you grace to, to step out of this. I'm yes. giving you enough grace to know that there's an opportunity and, and, and it's, it's back at the decision. No mm-hmm. one can force you to make that mm-hmm. decision, but it, it, it has the, the conviction has to, you have to heed to the conviction. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's all and, on me. And it's I firmly, mm-hmm. yeah. And I firmly do believe it was not an easy decision for you to make, but you had to realize it's either I make this decision to leave myself or my body will leave in a casket. True. True. Because you 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 become so ignorant over time with the happenings and the events you become so ignorant you know and that that has been the cycle like i was telling you the past 8 years have really been a roller coaster you know you become so ignorant you try to to shift the blame to say no it was it was my divorce that caused this you try to shift the blame and say it was that relationship, it was this guy that I was in a relationship with because he abused me. It was that, it was that. But I also had to to turn the wheel and really look deep inside and say, but it's not all these things, you know, it's me. There mm. is something in me that is lacking and that only I know what it is. And until I confront this thing, it is only when I can be made whole. So I had to go back and dig deep and confront things in myself that say, okay, what, what, what led you to, to that abusive relationship you know and this is when i i had to realize and and sit down with myself and say but this is because i have a wound that has been there from my childhood this is a wound that influenced my decision to marrying early because i only got married at the age of 20 hence i divorced so early in life and i had to confront such issues to say 
But I realize as Nombulelo that I have a father wound. And this is where this whole thing starts. This is what why I ended up throwing myself or allowing myself to be in this kind of an abusive relationship. So you also get to a point of saying you don't put yourself as a victim and blame other people. Yes, other people might have contributed because I allowed them in my life, but I also have to check the greater part of it is what was my contribution in all these things? Because I never dealt with issues that affected me from childhood. I got into marriage in, with them. I got into relationships with them and they grew as I grew up in life. They grew. And until I had to come back to myself and confront these issues, I was never whole because I, I, I also found myself in a stage or in a position where I was moving in and out of relationships. You know, after my, my divorce, I was moving in and out of relationships constantly until I ended up in this relationship that I say was was very abusive. But I had to go back and say it was not really this relationship. It was me because after my divorce, I ended up in another relationship and in another and in another and in another and in another and in another. So that can't be the fault of all these men that I was involved with. It, the problem can't be with all these men because I'm the one who is looking for something in these men. And I had to go back and say, it means, and I realized that I was looking for my father in all these men, including my ex-husband, because at that age, I was still very young. I didn't even know what I was doing. But because here's this guy who was willing to take care of me, because my ex-husband was eight years older than me, you know, um, I, I felt the security that I can get here, you know, this protection that I can get here. But like I say, tracing it back, these are things that because my parents divorced when I was young. So after the, the divorce of my parents, I stayed with my mother and my relationship with my with my father drifted. We drifted apart for years. So that's when I realized that all these years, in all these relationships, in all these mistakes that I've been making, I was just genuinely looking for my father in them. And until I had I sat down with myself and confronted that issue, nothing, nothing came right in my life. Wow, I can yeah. relate. Uh, yeah. Father Hones is really real, and um, it's something that you cannot. You can run from it, mm-hmm. but it will catch up with you. It and, does. Um, even just, uh, yeah. Even with the first book I wrote in pursuit of a father, you know, I was in pursuit through relationships with men, and mm. it's so true what you're saying that there's that void, you know. And I've come to learn and grow to learn through reconciliation and forgiveness that, you know. Even though he remains your father, yes, mm-hmm. he's not been part of your life. Yes, he made mistakes, but mm-hmm. it's it's because of him that you exist. Because he paid exactly. a part for you to exist. Yeah. And whether yeah. you want to acknowledge it or not, he remains your father. Yeah. And and in it was even it was only in really acknowledging and recognizing the root of it and really um, heeding to what God has been trying to speak to me about, you know, sometimes you, you, you get so busy in the bustle and razzle of, with, of life, you know, yeah. you, you just don't want to sit still and confront the debris on your soul. Yeah. You know, that could be actually the end result of so many things in your life. That's not going right. I love how lovingly God is just restoring you and how God is just lovingly through his grace, really how he has realigned you to your ordained purpose, your destiny, and how you found passion, how you found passion again, and that meets your purpose with women as well. And I believe there are so many women out there who go through what you're going through. And I believe even just your story, you sharing consistently will really bring liberation, you know, will really bring uh, a conviction of, 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 of having to confront, knowing that nothing can ever go right in your life until you mm-hmm. sit down and mm-hmm. until you confront these things and, mm-hmm. and come out of agreement with certain strongholds and beliefs that you've adapted, you know, True. through people who wounded you, you know, I'm so, wow. <laughs> yeah. Girl, you are, I don't know, I don't know, you are, I I'm a tough nut to crack. I, I really you am a are. tough nut to crack. I've, I've wow. reached a point in my life where I realize that nothing can break me because 
there's things that try to break me. Some of them broke me temporarily, but it's in how just God keeps showering me with grace of restoration, you know. And every time he's, he does that, it, it's like he's showing off, you know. He, he just continue, mm. continually restores me, you know. And it's just amazing, like you say. Um, and it was the day I decided that he's my, like you were saying it, he's my father. I have the identity that I have because he's my father and I had to forgive him even in his absence. You know, I had to release him for not being there because I, I also got to a point of realizing that in as much as I am making mistakes as a parent, my father at some point, he was also making his mistakes. You know, he was learning. Yeah through life you know so I can't hold that grudge forever when I as a parent continues to make mistakes and why should I now harbor this anger this bitterness and not forgive him because he was also learning through life and he learned through life through his mistakes and today I have a beautiful relationship with my father yes we don't talk often but Whenever I know that whenever I need to talk to my father, I can drive to him and go talk to him. I can pick up my phone and talk to him. And he he does that too, you know. So it, it, it had to, like I say, everything else always goes back and bounces back to you as an individual. I, it had to come back to me. I had to sort myself out. I had to forgive him because had I not done that, I would not be having the relationship that I have with him today. It's not where I want it to be, but it's far better than where it was while I was growing up. Yeah, and this is where yeah. my restoration is also coming, coming from. You know, I was telling a friend of mine, I think it's three years ago, that my father and I went to a funeral of a family member, I think some five or six years ago. And that was the first time I received a hug from my dad. And I was already in my 30s. I think I was 32. My dad gave me a hug and it felt like heaven. And that healed a certain part of me as well. That ministered to me, you know. So like I say, it's a journey. It's a journey that that keeps unfolding. And how it unfolds, it unfolds with the purpose of God in my life. And it's beautiful. It's just so beautiful. Wow. Wow. Sis, I commend you. I commend (laughs) you. Really, honestly, it it takes so much for you to be where you are and for you to speak with so much authority so mm. much grace, so much influence, so much authenticity mm. and knowing that, you know what, I've, I've seen the light and I see the greater purpose behind what I've been through. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is, that is so, so powerful. Yeah. Um, and um, I thank God you, you form part of our purpose woman community because this is all about women who, who have a purpose. And um, I remember when I started this ministry and God gave me the name and I asked him, why purpose woman? And he said, I want this ministry to reaffirm every broken woman and every yes. woman that they have a purpose. No matter yes. what your past looks yes. like, no matter whether where you're coming from, you have a purpose. Yes. And, um, yeah, so thank thank you for really um, coming onto our platform and for just, you form part of our vision. You form part of um, what God is doing um, on this platform. And I, I know so God. many people, so many will be so, so inspired and encouraged. And um, I, I want to, I've heard you mention that um, you, you also do prison ministry. And I, I wanted to ask, you know, since you, I can just see through the healing that has taken place, how you mm. have been established in your purpose. You know, it's like you got <laughs> direction. Right. Yeah. So you now, yeah. you are you are now a, a business owner. You are you are an entrepreneur. You know you are you are part of a, a prison ministry in your community in your in the, in the church where you are planted. You know I want to hear from you. What advice would you really give women who are broken to the core and who are stuck in unhealthy relationships currently? Who are where you were eight years ago, um, and um, who do not know how to how to get out because they do not have a frame of reference on how to get up and leave. Mm-hmm. What would you just say to them? What would you encourage them? With? This is what I would say to them that 
you whoever you are wherever you are as a woman stuck in 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 a relationship in a marriage where you don't know how to come out and i'm not encouraging women to come out of their marriages because there's different situations and circumstances that lead us to to or that bring us to positions like that my my word or my words would be your story will not end like that it's it's just a phase it's just a transition that god is taking you through to your purpose like you were saying you know you 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 will not one of the greatest quotes or statements i live by is that a life robbed of mistakes is a life robbed of growth you know a life robbed mm. of challenges a, a life robbed robbed of experiences even painful experiences it's a life robbed of growth so when you find yourself in any of those situations that are like that you don't have to get stuck there just try to to look around your life and check why are you going or ex- going through or experiencing those things and you will get to realize that it's because like you were saying it's because there's a certain purpose that is linked to your destiny it's a, there's a certain purpose that is linked to your life and that is why you keep experiencing things like that but even through though you are experiencing those things you don't have to to go through what i went through you don't have to destroy your life and my advice would really be take it back to god you know because one of the greatest mistakes that mm. i did was when i was going through all these things i ran away from god that's one of the biggest mistakes that i made you know god knows everything and god sees everything and when you take it back to him he will be able to navigate you through it all now my mistake was that I took myself through it and I ended up in things or I ended up experiencing things that were just an addition to the things that I was only supposed to have experienced in life. So when you run away or when you move away from God, you are just also calling and opening doors for many other things that were not meant to be there, you know. So my advice would be take it back to God, like give it back to God, all of it all of it and he will know he will guide you through it he will carry you through all of it it took me 8 years to realize this that i'm saying to you you know it took me 8 full years to realize that it has to it has to go back to him it has to go back to him and that's how the healing comes about that's how the strength to face it all comes about that's how the boldness comes about you know by taking it back to him because he's able to navigate you through it he's able to give you a clear picture now when you go when you when you shut god out you are in the dark and the picture is dark to you that's why you'll end up in places that you're not supposed to be in that's why you you end up inviting people that you're not even supposed to be inviting in your life you know so you open yourselves more to attacks the m- more attacks than the ones that you are currently faced with and you end up not know you end up overwhelmed you end up not knowing how to navigate through it you know hence things like suicide will come because now you are so overwhelmed because you shifted from the position of god Mm, wow, yeah. powerful. Yeah. And and I I love I love how you mention it and um I believe, you know, and this is what I always encourage so many women, you know, who always they always look forward to the ring and the wedding. And I mm. always tell them, have you prepared yourself as a bride mm. because you are a wife mm. before you become a wife? But are you mm. a, are you a, can you be a wife to Jesus before you become a wife to an earthly husband? And yeah. and singleness, a lot of people take the season of singleness as a curse, but that is a season of really pruning, healing, finding your purpose, finding your identity in God. That when yeah. that person comes along, you would have dealt with a lot of stuff that you, that you that, that you can avoid in marriage. Not that challenges would not be in marriage. Challenges will be there, but it would mm-hmm. uh, the the contributing factor would at least be lesser, right? So yeah. I love how you were just really honest and true about, you know, you being frank and saying, you know, you went into marriage and the things that you didn't confront were exposed because that's yeah. what, that's what covenant does and yeah. and 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 I really want to say thank you so so much for 
coming onto this platform. Thank, thank you for saying yes to collaborate for the kingdom and to really exhort women out there and to really just, you know, be a frame of reference for such a time as this in the body of Christ who speak your truth and who speak it in love to bring glory and honor to God. It's such a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's so beautiful. I'm so inspired. I'm so encouraged. And I'm taking so much from this as well, you know. And um, I really want to thank you, Masters, for, for, for saying yes to, to come on to this opportunity with me and for taking time out to, to be here with me <laughs> um, all the way from South Africa. So I love you, Masters. I appreciate you. And I thank God for your life. I thank God for your ministry. I thank God for your business. And I know from here onwards, it's just greater levels and depths in God. It's, it's given time and chance. I would do it all over again. Like I was saying, it's such an honor. It's a blessing to be able to share my story, be, especially when I know that my story can minister to, to another woman, when I know that my story can heal another, when I know that my story can help someone who is busy condemning themselves, someone who's busy judging themselves, someone who's feeling worthless someone who's feeling they have lost it they no longer have a purpose or any contribution to make in life it's it's an honor to know that god can create such a platform god can touch someone's heart across the borders of south africa and create such a platform you also such a blessing in the kingdom for creating such because it is through what you are doing, that lives are going to be changed. Had you not created such a platform, I will not be able to tell my story and someone will not be able to have hope. Someone will not be able to know that there is still tomorrow to live for. They can change their story. So I also want to thank God and I want to thank you for heeding to the call and for staying on course and for staying on your assignment, for creating such a, a, a platform and environment to say, it does not matter who you are, you have a purpose, you know. So thank you for being the midwife that is birthing purposed women, you know, purposeful women all around the globe. You, you are a blessing, you are an asset in the kingdom. We are blessed to have you. <laughs> girl you're making me emotional <laughs> we are blessed to have you 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 don't know you don't know one day i'll get to tell the world about you one day i'll get to tell the world about you well thank you so much my sis it means a great deal um thank you so so much i do not hear that often but thank you so much and it's not always easy to heed to the call but i thank yeah. god for the grace and the wisdom yeah. and you know um the the, the vision um, to yeah. continue to pioneer because when you have passion, nothing can come against that. You True. you run you run with it against all odds. True. And um, I'm I'm so 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 flattered. Thank you so much. You you're a great blessing. You're a great blessing. Wow, thank you, my sis. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, that was Nompulelo from South Africa. We are so excited. I'm so, I'm so, I'm soaked right now. So emotional with just being, uh, being online with her and just speaking, you know. And God is, God is beyond amazing. Thank you for joining us. Kindly rate this podcast, review this. Sharing is caring. Please do share this episode with a friend who you know might be going through a challenging time or a difficult marriage. And um, don't forget to rate and don't forget to share, share, share. Blessings, guys. See you on the next episode. Bye.